Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Due to the graphic nature of the content... Detective may not be suitable for all audiences. As detectives, we do live in two different worlds on the streets. When I say we have your million-dollar murders and five-dollar murders, and we have to investigate both, we have to know what neighborhood we are in. Small neighborhood or African-American neighborhood or underprivileged neighborhood or urban neighborhoods, they always expect us to mistreat them. Because we are law enforcement and we believe that if it's a million-dollar home, we would treat the case differently. Do we do that in law enforcement? Yes, we do. And I try to change that. You know, I try to show them that I care as much about your murder as the other murders that I've worked. And I try to make sure that I give them the same amount of time. So treating them differently, once they see that, they treat me differently and they're more open. So I think that we miss that as detectives. I think if we treat all the cases the same, we'd be in much better shape as detectives. I'm Garnsey Sloan for Investigation Discovery. And this is season two of Detective. True stories from behind the yellow tape, the ones you don't hear on TV. That was Gary McFadden speaking. He was a homicide detective for over 27 years, a man with a personal connection to murder, which led to a long career putting away some of Charlotte's worst criminals. As a detective, Gary had to deal with crime from all walks of life, white-collar and blue-collar crime. So when gangs started popping up across Charlotte, he knew that he couldn't just solve the problem by throwing gang members in jail. He needed to know why gangs were growing so quickly in order to contain them. Well, see, what happens with gangs, every city has some form of gangs. Traditionally, we want them to be named Crips and Bloods. Everybody knows the Crips and the Bloods. But do we know the Brown Pride? Do we know the 704 Boys? Most street gangs or neighborhood gangs are somewhat affiliated with major gangs, but they have their own gang. Kids form gangs every day. 704 boys, the Asian boys, the MBTs, whatever. They just create these things. And then if you got five or six people who want to be a gang member with you, that's what you do. So most cities won't say, we got a gang problem. They're going to always play it down. But then when you look at it, it's a problem. 
if you treat gang members like thugs, crooks all the time, they are going to be like thugs and crooks all the time. If you sit down and say, what can we do to minimize this? You're killing nine and eight-year-olds. You're killing mothers. And you have to think, law enforcement has this mindset that this gang, 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 we got to combat them. I don't think everybody says, let's sit down and talk about it. The issue is gangs versus the police. But when you put the ministers and pastors and everybody speaking for both organizations, that is when you're going to get problems. I am a firm believer. You got a gang problem. Police got a gang problem with the gang. Bring those two groups together and sit down and find out your differences. I can't stop people from gang banging. You'll probably never stop that. At some point, you need to say, okay, what are we not doing that can make this better? And I think when America looks at it that way and take out the middleman, we cut out the middleman for everything else, but we won't cut out the middleman when it comes to law enforcement and gangs. Every politician, every representative, every pastor of the church, everybody speaking for the gang or everybody speaking for the police, why don't they come in the room and say, what's, what's the problem? What do we got? Gangs will tell you that you don't respect us. You don't care about us. Well, make us care about you. But then you talk about it. Have those arguments, have those discussions, have those fights, and guess what? Maybe you can say, well, you know, we never thought of that. Let's try that. And I think that we will be better, but gangs are always going to be here. In addition to better communication, Gary also believes that the root of gang violence is tied to how we treat youth in poverty. The first time you talk to one of these street kids and you talk to them, what's growing in your life? Here's what the parent says. I work two jobs. When you work in two jobs, if the minimum is 16 hours a day, when are you going to have time for your kid? None. So you have your kid so programmed that when you get up in the morning, you don't see each other. After you get up in the morning, he goes to school. He comes home. You got this wonderful microwave kids, latch door kids, where they can fix their own meals. He has no adult interaction. Okay, he's going to study by himself. You get a tutor. And then after you study, you call me when you get home. I'm home, Mom. Did you study? Yeah, let me see your paper. Take a picture of you. You've done the paper. Now you can go out and play, all right? But he has no supervision. I'll take it from my example. I watched my father shave. I watched my father iron a shirt. I watched my father shine a shoes. I still have his shoe shine box. I want to be like my dad. I want to dress like my dad. So you take all of these things and take all of that away from that street-level kid. What does he have? Nobody. But then nobody's giving him attention. Nobody understands him. Nobody seemingly care about him. He walks out to play and he sees Mr. Jojo, the drug dealer, every day. Mr. Jojo say, hey, young buck, how you doing? Fine. You all right? Yeah. Did you get something to eat? Yeah. You got some school money? Yeah. You got some school supplies? No. Well, here's $20 for your school supplies. Okay. You at the store? Yeah. You need something to eat? Let me walk in the store. Hey, I'm going to buy all of y'all something to eat. All right. Y'all be careful. Y'all be good. Go to school. Get your education. Da-da-da. This kid's going to have a relationship with a drug dealer and a thug every day in his life. What a kid said to me one time was so unbelievable. He says that what they do is so consistent. Why not go with them? He says there's more consistency in what they're doing than what anybody else is doing. He says think about all these mentoring groups and all these wonderful big brother groups. I can't call them at 10 o'clock at night. If I call one of them, they're going to say, well, okay, hit me up when I get off work. Great. And then it's going to be every third Saturday of the month. We're going to do it once a month. We're not going to do it every week. Definitely ain't going to do it every day. 
And so then all of a sudden I know I have to be good on this Saturday because big brother, big sister is coming over. I'm going to have to be good on this day because we got this project. We're going to go to the movies. We're going to go to the mountains. We're going to go to the ball game. We're going to do all these wonderful things. And then you're going to pimp me out at a banquet to say these kids have been successful through our program. But I still have no consistency of the relationship that I'm with you. But who does? The drug dealer. As you heard from Gary, preventing gang recruitment was a constant struggle. And so is the growing crime rate in Charlotte. So can you work 121 cases divided by six and then you come into 388 cases still divided by six? Okay, you have to go to court. You have to paper the cases with the district attorney. You have to follow up leads. Court prep was huge. Did we stay in court? Yeah. Did we go to a lot of hearings? Yes, because they were challenging what we did in the field. So come in in the morning, go to court all day, and then they want you to work in the afternoon. Why? Because we have nobody else. You're supposed to work second shift. Well, I am, but I was in court all day. Well, we have nobody to work. Also, what people don't realize, we didn't have Google. We didn't have any of this. We didn't have, you know, searching tools. We didn't have a place that you could correct it and go back with your iPad or your iPhone. It was on a sheet of paper. It was a a manual process. We didn't have whiteout. Whiteout is liquid paper. Whiteout is when you're writing a report and you made a mistake. You took some whiteout and you put it across the word so you could white it out and then write over top of it. But it would definitely be known if you saw the report. My training officers did not allow whiteout. So you did report by hand. You had these wonderful metal clipboards that had a compartment in the back where you could put all your reports in the back of the clipboard. We had big briefcases with all your stuff in it. It wasn't digital like it is now. Everything was manual. Everything was manual. You didn't have GPS systems. You had what they called a blue book. The blue book was like God because when they gave you that address and you did not know how to get to that address, you pull out this pocket-sized blue book. The blue books came out every two years. So imagine that you've taken a four-car accident. You don't have it computerized where you can put the cars in and everything. That was take an accident report, and you have this thing called your tin plate. The width of it was all the little diagrams. It's like a cutout cookie cutter of little people laying in the street, a tractor trailer truck, a car, and you would have to draw that diagram on your accident report. You have to look at that intersection and draw those lanes and the turning lane. Then you're going to put the street lights, and then you're going to put directions north, south, and the street address. All of that is manually done with you and an ink pen, not a pencil, an ink pen. So... What does that also mean? It means that you are spending a lot more time. People don't see that. Even though you are overworked at that point with the number of homicides, you also have an understaffed medical examiner's office. So of all the bodies that we see as far as homicide also ended up in the medical examiner's office. But you have to think, this is the time of drugs, overdoses and everything, we still had unusual deaths, drug overdoses. We even had people breaking in people's houses and running around, and there's so much of violence going on in the house of they are tearing up the house. People had heart attacks, so we would have to investigate those. Homicides were up. Crack cocaine was up. It just had hit the world. So, you know, a lot of murders, a lot of shootings, senseless murders and shootings the whole time. 
So we were working day and night. If you work two shifts and you get called in, you work the murder. If you got called in for two people, you know, normally they would say, hey, can you handle that by yourself? And you're saying, yeah, but no. But, you know, you never want to say no. So we took a lot of murders by ourselves. We work a lot of murders just by ourselves. Myself and crime scene and uniform officers. That's how I started off. Sounds intense, but things only got worse. Much, much worse. We said terror struck. Terror struck is when Henry Louis Wallace came to our city. So in the 90s, 92, 93, 94, Henry Louis Wallace comes to town. We don't know who Henry Louis Wallace is. We never thought about Henry Louis Wallace. Why? Because... As I said, six people working 388 murders. We're back-to-back. You know, we just work in murders. So we don't have time to talk. We don't have time to communicate. We don't have time to compare notes. People say, well, why didn't they connect the dots? Well, if I'm not talking to you and I don't see you, I can't connect the dots. If I don't tell you I'm working this murder, is any similarities going on with your murder? No, we don't have time. Not only were the detectives overworked, but Henry Louis Wallace also kept a very low profile making him even harder to detect. So Henry is, I think at that time, was in his late 20s, early 30s. He was from Barnwell, South Carolina, went to a small high school, raised by low-income single mother with his siblings, played, if any, very little sports, but he was a cheerleader at his high school. And after that, he joined the Navy, but he had this violent streak. And Henry played the big brother. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And we played that if you needed to talk to somebody, you could talk to him. You can spare any problems that you have. You can share them with him. So these are the women who counted on him as being a big brother. But when Henry wanted to be intimate with him, they denied him. And he said at that point, after being denied, somewhat all the stuff I've done for you, how dare you deny me? He said at that point, he formulated in his mind, at some point, I have to kill you. 
He didn't personally tell him that. He never said anything like that. It's just after they denied him, in the back of his mind, he says, I'm going to have to kill you. And he just said, one day I'm going to fix it. I'm going to plan that day, and that day will be successful. I'm going to kill you that day. And pretty much he did. At that point, he just started going on a rage. But I believe that he killed a young lady by the name of Sharon Nance. Sharon was the lady of the night, a prostitute. Sharon was a good informant of mine. She would just give me good information. Before she was an informant, Gary had known Sharon for a long time. Sharon was the second person that I met when I came to Charlotte, North Carolina. I met her and a young lady named Gail Sloan. They were both prostitutes. When I got off the bus coming from rural South Carolina, we didn't have prostitutes in Elliott and Sumter that I saw walking the streets. So I got off the trailway of bus and in Charlotte on Trade Street, and I had my bags going to Johnson C. Smith. I asked them for directions of the nearest drugstore and someplace to eat. So I went across and got something to eat, and they came across, and they asked me, what was I doing? I said, I'm a college kid, just came back to Charlotte. I'm going to Johnson C. Smith. And they said, that's great, and that's fine. You know, be proud of yourself. And they kind of giggled and laughed and everything, and I bought them lunch that day, and I left, never thinking that I would come across them again. So when Sharon was killed, it kind of hit home. But Sharon case came at a time where we weren't looking at a serial killer. Sharon case came when six detectives working all these murders. So she just kind of fell into the same cycle of, well, we ain't gonna get nothing out of this. Looking back, Gary wishes they had handled her case differently. I would caution detectives, you know, a case like Sharon could have broke a case for you. She is a person, she has a mother, she has a family, and don't use her lifestyle against her when you're investigating the case. I think if we had investigated a case like that, we would have got different results. Minimal crime scene, minimal investigation, and just put it on the shelf. That was a mistake that we made. In doing that, Henry continued his journey through killing women. There was a young girl killed, strangled to death, with her baby in that side of the, her apartment. So in talking with her boyfriend, she said she had this friend that she always calls over, and she, he said, I think they you know, maybe being intimate, because when I leave, you know, sometimes I see him walking down the road. So he gave us the name Henry Lewis Wallace. And so we started looking at him and, you know, working on the case and everything. This case gave the Charlotte PD a name to look at, but something else happened, something that kicked the chase into high gear. For whatever reason, our supervisor name was Major Larry Snyder, or Deputy Chief Snyder. He started to say... We need to find out if anybody else is in this apartment complex because something is going on at that point. We're still not talking about a serial killer. We're not still not talking about anything. For whatever inkling that he had, he says, I want this apartment complex searched. It was just that one murder at that point. It was just that one murder that Henry name came up and we started to work on Henry Lewis Wallace. At that point, we did what they call a canvas. A canvas is where you go to each door, knock on a door, who is there, who lives there, you know, any circumstances. At the end of the day, you sit down with somebody and said, okay, you check this apartment building. We have three people that did not answer the door, okay? You give that to the follow-up detective that said, I need these three people contacted. So we contacted everybody except one person in that apartment building. And we could not get this young lady to the door. So then they asked the maintenance person to come, and the maintenance person came. And then we opened the door, and we found an African-American female strangled to death with a towel around her neck. 
Now, when we found the first female, she had a towel around her neck. So at that time, we have what we classify as the big red handle. That means when something like that, you pull the big red handle, you pull the handle, you pull out all stops, everybody comes in, everybody works, and the chief says, we will continue to look for any signs of an issue because now we got somebody killing females. And so this is the big red handle. Everything is going on. It was in the news. We announced that we had an issue. We had a problem. We have somebody killing young ladies. We have a suspect we're kind of looking for and all of that. And then I believe something clicked in somebody's head to say, I had a girl the other day with a towel around her neck too. Now you have to think, how could that happen? Well, if I've never seen you or talked to you, who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to give this information to? Gary and the Charlotte PD were trying to connect this new case. But just as they started their investigation, Henry Lewis Wallace made a big mistake. Henry brought one of the victim's car back near enough to the scene where we discovered it. And it was discovered right across the street from where we were doing these two murders. So we got the car, we got the car down, and we processed it, and we got a thumbprint off the trunk of the car. After we got the fingerprint off the trunk of the car, we found out that we had enough evidence, probable cause, to arrest Henry. So we got a warrant for him, and we went out and picked Henry up and brought him in and started questioning him for the deaths of the two young ladies. So we sent a rookie detective in, which was my classmate, Tony Rice, T. Rice. Tony's nothing like none of us. He's comical, he's fun-loving, he's easygoing, he doesn't care, he rides Harley-Davidson's, and life is great for him. So Tony went in being Tony. So Tony goes in, and he says, before we start this, let us pray. And Tony went into, you know, Father God, grant us all the stuff and have mercy on us and give this guy's soul, search his heart, search his soul, everything. In Jesus' name, amen. And they had a small conversation after that. And Henry asked Tony for a piece of paper. He wrote down nine names, including the two that we sure that he did. And all of a sudden, we got other names that we had no clue or idea he was involved. So when Tony came out of that room with that piece of paper and he held it up, we all could have died. Oh, my God, this is bad. And, you know, we're going to call the supervisor and say, hey, we're getting a confession. But we got a real serial killer. He's killed a total of nine women that we know of. And then we found that one young lady on the sheet was named Carolina Love. Carolina Love was just a missing person. Two girls came up just to be missing people, and we never investigated them fully. We never investigated them properly, and we never really looked into anything. So they're just missing. They are homicides, but they are just missing. Because it was newsworthy, it went to several different states, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and it went over to Charlotte's workings, what appeared to be an issue, appeared to be a problem, could be a serial killer. Not sure. We don't know. So a young man, a gentleman, started calling his daughter. And he called her several times and didn't get an answer. And so he decided to drive up to Charlotte. When he was driving up to Charlotte, he went to his daughter's apartment and nobody answered the door. That apartment was about three blocks from where we had this full-scale investigation with these two bodies. The two bodies were connected to Henry Wallace, and we knew that because they were acquainted with Henry. So we're not sure what's going on at this point, but this man calls and said he wants somebody to go and check on his daughter. Of course, all manpower is directed to the two victims. All resources are directed to the victims. We have multiple people calling. Anybody's daughter living in Charlotte and they have no family member in Charlotte, 911 
was getting bombarded with calls, go and check on my daughter. I'm out of town. I live in Nebraska. My daughter lives in Charlotte. Could somebody go by there and check on the welfare? We finally got an officer over there, and we finally went inside, and we discovered his daughter stabbed to death. So at that point, we knew that we definitely was into something now because she also had a towel around her neck. The victim was Deborah Slaughter. She had been stabbed. The previous two victims had been strangled. Gary developed a theory as to why Henry Louis Wallace changed his M.O. So she's sitting there watching the newscast with Henry, and they're talking back and forth, and they're talking about how one person may know the other person and how they're connected and everything. And then it dawned on her at that second that they all had something in common, her, the other three girls, and it was Henry. And she looked over at Henry and started to think, it's you who's killing these girls. It's you. Now all these things that's been happening over a period of time with I'm with you and everything, it makes sense now. You are a killer. At that point, he stabbed her, left with her there, and then we came up, the police department. Henry Lewis Wallace was convicted and received the death sentence for his crimes. However, he recanted his admission of guilt, saying his confession was coerced. Absolutely not. He would say that. I would say that if I'm on death row, too. We did not write those names on that paper. We did not know about the young ladies before he told us. We didn't know anything unless he told us. And we went for days talking about it. We never cursed. He told us where the bodies were. We didn't know Sharon Nance was killed by him, his first victim. We didn't know that. We didn't know certain things played out and what he told us. If you listen to the interviews of him talking about it, he told us everything. He told us things that we didn't even know about. If you have to think about it, we were trying to set him up. We would have set him up a long time ago. Well, why would we set him up? We never knew he exists. So in that time, he could easily say, I don't have to say anything. He wrote the nine names on that piece of paper. Henry Lewis Wallace got the death penalty for all of his cases, and we believe that that's a sentence that to be carried out. Detective is produced by Investigation Discovery, with special thanks to Kevin Bennett, Amy Angelowitz, and Emily Kaiser. This episode was produced by Tom Heenan. Many thanks to the best audio engineer in the business, Joe Powers. Original music was composed by the talented Chris Kennedy and remixed by Joe Powers. Cover art was designed by Nan Galat. Sign up now on iTunes to get new episodes of Detective on your feed. And join me, Garnsey Sloan, next week for an all-new episode. Until then, check out crimefeed.com for all your latest crime news. On the next episode of Detective, despite catching Henry Lewis Wallace... Gary faces anger from the community he's tried so hard to connect with. The community demanded, come and tell us how did you let this happen? The department did not have a game plan for how to counter that. They try to spin the spin, but how do you spin that on nine girls? How do you spin that to say that you didn't properly investigate this? You should have found this. This guy strangled every one of these women. I went and told my mom, went and told my dad what was going on and everything. And I said, what are they doing, Dad? You know, I don't know what to do. He said, you know what to do. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. 